Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a universe read along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, and welcome to the show. Before we dive in today, I want to let you all know as a little reminder, if you want to get early access to this podcast by getting episodes three days early, as well as exclusive access to my other podcast episodes, you can head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran right now and get that by just paying two dollars a month i think no two dollars fifty <laughs> two dollars fifty a month as well as getting access to all of my youtube video early access all my writing updates and you know lots of other bonus stuff so if you want to support me because i am doing this full time i am broke and i need money otherwise i will have to find a job again and if i'm honest i really do not want to go back to work so if you can support this podcast if you can support me please head over to patreon.com now <laughs> But anyway, sorry, that, I just had to put that in because I really don't want to go back to work. So if you can support me, please do. And if you can't support me with Patreon, please buy Echoes of the Past, which is out right now, or pre-order Home to the Wild, which is coming out August 20th. Tell your friends, tell everyone, let people know what's going on with all of that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get into it now. I just needed to put that self plug because I need to make money. <laughs> have to get a job again and I hate no don't want to but anyway today we are continuing our timeline journey with the King Chronicles the Throne of Fire chapter 13 I get a demon up my nose and chapter 14 at the tomb of Zia Rashid which are from Carter's point of view as always I've got my points to focus on so today well we've just got characters and generally what I thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis with the party split, Carter and Bess make the journey to the Red Sands with a couple of nomads, not the airbending kind, and make their way to the buried village. Trouble at every edge from water... I don't know why I, was, why I was going with that. Trouble at every edge from water demons, suffocating girls and missing memories. Adju ends up entrapped and waiting for a death sentence. Fun! Certified approved trip! Um, and that is the synopsis for these two chapters. Don't worry if none of that makes sense, we'll be going into the individual chapter overview very soon, so you'll be getting a little bit more information. And by very soon, I mean right now. So, for chapter 13, it is chapter 13, I get a demon up my nose. And here is the overview for chapter 13. Carter, feeling guilty, travels with Bess and a couple of nomads in search of the Red Sands village. They travel for nearly a full day and find nothing until night arrives. Then they find an old man who remembers such a village. 
With the nomads camping for the night, the two take the truck and head for the Red Sands and find their location. It's a swamp and sandland now, and with no idea of where the hidden village could be, they go wading in mud for a sign. While there, they find a pair of stairs just before a couple of water demons attack. Carter on the defensive and acting on instinct explodes the leftover water from the river, r- river, the river <laughs> defeating the monsters. After doing so, he managed to reveal the full entrance to what is named the Zia Rashid tomb. And that is where Zia is being hidden. And that is the overview for chapter 13, and it's very, very dramatic, and I absolutely love it because I live for the drama. But let's get right into the feedback for this chapter. And of course, because I am Team Carter, go my, buy my Team Carter merchandise, by the way, um, it's all complimentary towards Carter because I like the fact that Carter is owning the self-reflection in that he feels bad for leaving Sadie behind, and he feels like a terrible brother and like this whole thing of like the like hearing Sadie's words previously that whole thing I talked about last episode of her just saying oh no what can be my brother because you know works well enough and Carter feeling hurt by that he reflects you know I did feel hurt by that because I do feel like a crap brother but his reasoning behind both going to find Zia but also splitting the party does make sense for that whole situation like Last episode, he just had an entire identity laid out to his sister, like his darkest, most embarrassing parts of himself, both with and somewhat without his permission. And it frightened him because, yes, he kind of, in a sense, gave permission for her to get his name so she could save him, but he didn't really have much choice at the same time. So having this level of vulnerability and this fear of her seeing these darker sides of himself is... It's frightening for him and it made him uncomfortable, which is why he split the party. And just seeing this level of vulnerability, something, you know, to this degree, we don't really often see with male protagonists. I think the only other character we see that with is Magnus. And Magnus is like a, a healing character. Carter is actually someone whose like special skill is combat magic. And yet he is incredibly emotionally strong. Like he is someone who is in touch with his emotions. He is someone who is very open about his, you know, to an extent, his vulnerabilities. But this is the most open he's ever been. And in general, it's such a rare thing for a male character to, to admit that they feel vulnerable. And I'm just, I'm loving it because it's so refreshing. Um, and I, I just love it. I, I will say the only thing that's frustrated me is that he hasn't... Like, Carter is the in- the intelligent one of the group, and yet he has not remotely connected the dots that Zia is of import. Like, he just keeps saying, I'm just, I'm sure Zia is important. And I'm like, no shit, Carter. <laughs> of course she is. Apophis has gone after her more than once. He's desperate to get a hold of her, basically. Like, logically, that is a good reason, firstly, to want to rescue her. If Apophis has made it his mission to, you know, get rid of her, that's significant. But the fact that Carter has not picked that up, that she must be of significance and maybe, like, connected to Rara in some way, because, as we find out in the next chapters, Apophis wants Ra to rise as well. So he wants both of them out. 
you know, that's significant, but Carter isn't really picking it up, and it's, <laughs> Carter, sweetie, I love you, but get, use your brain, <laughs> Zira is clearly of importance, because Apophis wants her destroyed, connect the dots, boy, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I love him, but he's a little bit dumb, but aren't we all, I know I definitely am, um, and obviously that's kind of all I really had for chapter 13. I love seeing Carter, you know, recognising his vulnerabilities. I love seeing Carter doing his fighting and combat magic. Even though he doesn't have his sword anymore, he's still good at combat magic. Um, and we just love that for him. And he's he's wise, he's amazing. We stand by the Team Carter merchandise. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go into the next chapter, which is chapter 14 at the tomb of Zia Rashid and this is the overview for chapter 14. Inside the tomb laid a watery sarcophagus with Zoe, Zoe? With Zia floating inside. Sorry I, I'd done an episode not long prior. I'm filming like bulk episodes but I recorded an episode with Accidentally Vaporized podcast to do with Zoe Nightshade so I've got her in my head whenever I see the Z. So no. Zia floating inside, but what was more surprising was the crook and flail of Ra that lay with her. Freeing her from the water, things start going wrong. In this case, it ends up being Zia nearly drowning because of Nephthys's possession. After fully awaking and Nephthys freeing herself and making her way into the waters, Zia reveals that she does not remember a thing and is terrified of Carter and Bess. Carter tries his best to oh best and best to help her understand what happened, but not too long after his attempts, Desjardins, who is not looking well, and Vlad, who is looking better than ever, arrive. Zia is dazed enough that it doesn't take much for her to be manipulated, which spells disaster for our heroes. Bess has been entrapped, and Carter is set to face trial and death. <gasps> Don't hurt. Don't hurt my Carter. I will I will hurt you myself. I will reach into the book and make sure you never lay a finger on Carter. But anyway <laughs> Feedback wise, this oh my god. This is a strong chapter. Now, this is one thing I want to bring up here though. So I have heard a lot on the social medias that a lot of people do not like Zia because of her treatment of Carter after everything that happens in this book and the next. Which first thing is, you know, kind of rich because the people who usually don't like Zia and Carter are usually people who ship, you know, Anubis who's a dick with child Sadie. But you know, admittedly that's, you know, besides the point. But I don't remember if she does anything worse later on. Maybe she does. But at this current point, and even just in general, her actions are completely justified. She has no idea who these people are. Like she remembers nothing right after the museum. Like she remembers the museum, knows that Carter, Carter and Sadie have been possessed, but she remembers nothing else after that. She didn't see them again. She didn't train them. She's had no involvement with them. She was immediately locked away not long after the museum situation. All she knows is that Carter and Sadie were godling fugitives and has small figments of memories of them, you know, being involved with Set and making a deal with him. Which obviously not great. 
but that's all she has she has no other memories like she has currently no reason to trust carter who is with a god so is basically kind of cementing her idea of the fact that he has betrayed the rules and law of the first gnome and the magicians and she doesn't know him like he knows well part of her technically doesn't really know her he knows her shabti which was like a reflection of her who had this all like this growth like yeah we saw zia grow as a character in the first book but she basically reverted to when we first meet her which is back when she was saying should we kill them <laughs> that's the character she's reverted back to i don't get why people were mad at her for this again unless something happens later but it's completely justified like it sucks for Carter, it really does but she does not know who he is she does not know what has happened she does not know what they have been through so it is completely justified that she would be an ag aggressive in this situation because from the looks of it he's stolen something because he has the crook and flail of ra now which was in the first gnome and was recently and was stolen well not stolen as kandar took them before he died and gave them to see it but he has these things that were in the first gnome and seemingly appear to have been stolen and was with her after her like freed her from entrapment but she doesn't know that he wasn't involved amazing she knows nothing she's just seen a guy after she nearly died with weapons of ra kind of accidentally used them against her and has terrified her that's all she knows i kind of going into this character section see it like i was saying is a character back to how he first met her at the start of the series she's a stickler to the rules someone who is afraid of losing this new family she has of the first gnome like this gnome is her life it is the only home she has it is the only family she has and it's devastating to see all that we learned experience with her is gone but it does make sense it just it makes so much sense because all that she went through she didn't go through her shabti did and while the shabti said our memories may be connected clearly that was never like a guarantee it's almost basically like her response at this point it's almost like a trauma response because when she was in this sarcophagus apophis was sending her nightmares terrifying her with the memories of what happened in her past we don't know what else he's tricked her mind into thinking so her mind has blocked out so much of what happened possibly so she's getting she gets fragments of memories from her shabti but because she doesn't know how to deal with this changing world view of you know we've got to work with the gods iskandar is gone iskandar actually changed his own opinion before he died these boy like these siblings are actually the ones trying to save the world even though they're criminals in the eyes of her own people like and also she nearly died because she was forcibly possessed by a goddess like there's just so much happened here that is almost a trauma response on her end of reversing fully back and not knowing what to trust so she trusts the thing that's always been right for her and anyone who's mad at her for that i just i do not understand you as a person like <laughs> she doesn't know this boy she doesn't know these people why would she trust him but kind of going into carter and talking a little bit more of what i mentioned earlier carter having kind of 
unwillingly opened up about his darkest fears and worries to his sister and fleeing because of that is something I I do quite enjoy about his character because it's realistic like when you open up about your vulnerabilities whether in this case kind of not consciously doing so it is terrifying like even I've had it with therapists and that's someone I don't even have a connection to outside of therapy when I've opened up to a therapist about things that have happened it's been hard it's been traumatic sometimes but I'm then not stuck around with them I see them for that one session once a week maybe once every two weeks Carter has to see his sister all the time after she's learned these deep things about him and for someone like Carter who's not formed deep relationships before other than with his dad because he has had no one else in his life this is probably more terrifying for him like yes he's been open with a lot of his experience with Sadie and you know has been open about other things like that whole situation in the first book in chapter 21 where he opens about uh, opens up about the stories with his dad and his, like the scorpion in the shoe and all that sort of stuff this is the first time where everything has been opened to someone he's almost kind of reverting back to his seclusion side and just panic is basically driving him alongside obviously wanting to save Zia which is something that Sadie saw in his in the darkest crevice of his mind is that he feels he needs to save Zia to basically sort of balance out the fact that their dad couldn't save their mum and it's just there's just something about his character the fact that he was afraid after having his vulnerabilities opened and is also so desperate to kind of fix something that happened in the past by you know doing it in another way in this case saving Zia it's just there's so many different dynamics to Carter as a character and he's just he's just a dynamic character and an interesting one I, I just oh, I, I love him I love it I love his development um, and yes he made some stupid choices here but it's all driven by like this need to fix things and it's a bit of a flaw in some way but I just I just quite like it I just I like, I like Carter that uh sends tweet <laughs> that is the whole situation here all I do is I just I just like Carter Carter is a good boy he's amazing he's loving he's lovely um and we should all respect and love Carter just a little bit more but that's actually kind of all I really have for these chapters. These are kind of like, there's quite a bit that happened. But, you know, it's it's mainly just Carter that has been kind of the standout point for these two chapters. Which I feel is a recurring theme whenever I do have chapters with Carter. But, yeah, I don't really have any further thoughts other than I liked this. I liked these chapters. There's some good development for Carter as a character. You know, relevant and realistic you know reverting of development for Zia um which I also enjoy I like the idea of the fact that a character reverts back to how they were before um and I don't know I just I really like it so let's just get into this week's question of the episode which is what you're all waiting for which is were you mad that Zia couldn't remember 
or were you reasonable? I'm not going to put that second part. <laughs> there, there are some definitely unreasonable aspects to people criticizing Zia as a character. So yes, were you mad that Zia couldn't remember? That'll be going up on all of our social media. So let me know your thoughts on this. And as always, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com. Or, if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all? next time. Bye.